in the pits is partnered with Get That Shot. Get That Shot now offers first-in-line photo and video editing, 20% off Get That Shot merch, and 20% off prints to all teams that wear the Get That Shot logo on their jersey. Message Get That underscore Shot on Facebook or Instagram to become a Get That Shot program team. In the Pits is sponsored by FU Athletics, created with a purpose and focused on building a better you. We are a brand that matters in your workout, and every purchase gives back to cancer research. Go to thefuathletics.com and use code INTHEPITS25 for 25% off of your order. In the Pits is sponsored by Hustletown Paintball. Hustletown is a brand by Jason Tinsley of Houston that is all about representing Houston paintball and highlighting its local talent. Head to hustletownpaintball.net to browse their selection of casual wear and use code PIT10 for 10% off of your order. In the Pits is partnered with Paintball Kumite. Paintball Kumite is a program designed by Colt Roberts of professional team San Antonio X-Factor to take paintball players of all ages, experience levels, and skill groups and mold them into champions. The program breaks the game down into small, easy-to-learn sessions designed to help you master the fundamentals so that you can elevate your game. Newcomers to the program get a free one-hour introductory class when mentioning In the Pits. To sign up for a class, message at Paintball Kumite on Instagram. In the Pits is partnered with Compete. Compete is a Texas-based brand by Jell Stewart of professional team AC Diesel that provides custom jerseys, pants, headbands, straps, tech shirts, and any other soft goods to help individuals and teams compete at the highest level. Support Texas Paintball and message Compete on Facebook or Instagram and mention In The Pits Podcast for 10% off your entire order. Welcome everyone to episode 31 of In The Pits Paintball Podcast. This podcast is focused on everything that has to do with the paintball scene here in Texas, from professional players and teams to new divisional programs, local tournament series, field owners, Texas-based brands, even photographers and videographers. Every week we will have a short and sweet episode with a new topic and a new special guest. I'm Christian Smith. I'm a player for the Texas Titans. In this episode, we are going in the pits with Rob Moore and Kenneth Matthew, founders and owners of Kinetic Paintball. Gentlemen, how are you doing this evening? Good, thanks. Doing awesome. Awesome. Glad to have you all on. Uh, it's a pleasure. I know you'll have uh, a new product coming out, exciting drop, so I'd love to hear all about it. But first, uh, for those listening that don't know about you guys personally, uh, how long have you been involved in paintball? Rob, let's start with you. Uh, I've been involved in paintball after World Cup 2009. Um, that's when I started, that's when I started playing. I, I played on a Young Guns team at, in my local area in New Jersey. Um, kind of felt, kind of fell in love with it, played with my dad like one or two times and then wanted to play competitively since I had a buddy of mine that played competitively. That's kind of how I jumped into it. Cool. Kenneth, how about you? Yeah, I've been involved, what, 20 years now? Started playing competitively when I was 14. Um, haven't played competitively recently, but uh, yeah, started connecting us. I've stayed, stayed involved in the sport. Cool. So as players, like, what are some of the teams that uh, y'all have played for over the years? So I played out of this field called All-Star Paintball. It was actually, it was actually an indoor field in New Jersey. So I played out of there, um, and then also during the summer, I would play out of this place called Top Gun Paintball. Um, both of them no longer exist. 
Top Gun used to have a pro team at one point in time during PSP. Um, and then from there is actually where I met Ken. We played at Temple University together on the college team. So we played there and I played there my four years of college. And then after college, I played with a team called the Pirates playing in this league called Foxball up in Massachusetts, probably about an hour or two outside of Boston, which was a ton of fun. Um, shout out Dave Painter. He made a great league. Kind of sucks that it's no longer around. Um, but that was a ton of fun. I mean, me and my whole team for a couple of events, we wore Adidas tracksuits, like the whole like three stripe, yeah, white white shirt, full like slob stance, like tracksuit thing. It was hilarious. Um, from there, I played on this team called DC Justice that didn't last very long. Um, the logistics of it, like half the team was in Virginia, half the team was like in the New York, New Jersey area. Um, and then like played on this team called the Tri-State Titans. We played one, played two events together. Um, you played Amsterdam together, which was a ton of fun. If you've never gone overseas to go play, I highly recommend it. Um, played with like a throw together team at NXL Chantilly. It was like one of the last years that they did Chantilly, which was amazing. Kind of wish that they brought back that venue. It was super cool. Um, and then after that, just kind of been hopping on with a random team for the past couple of seasons, playing like one event. I've been mainly more doing media, doing photography. Um, I'm actually a staff photographer for Iconic Paintball. So and actually please go vote for me i think today's the last day to go vote um but yeah so the past couple of years i kind of phased out of playing and doing more media and kind of being now a vendor uh, kind of hoping that i could get more back into playing but it's definitely tough to go to fields and it's like i really want to play but at the same time like this is a great place for me to be working yeah i uh, I started at Paintball on the Fly in Phoenixville, Pennsylvania, playing three-man. I can't remember the team name. I'd actually made it myself. I'd like, put a post on PB Nation, like, hey, looking for players to, to play three-man. And a bunch of us like, got together, and we played for like two years at GPL, which was like the big Mid-Atlantic League in like the early t- 2010s. Uh, from there, uh, I went and played uh, at OXCC. It was, what was it called back then? I can't remember what it was called. It was OA. OA, that's right. It was OA. I played at OA with Lancaster Aggression. Uh, We played GPL. I think it was still called GPL at the time. Um, And we also played USPA X-Ball. With like, it was like Arsenal, uh, Misfits. I think think Lyft also played it when it was still at OA. I used to play against Lyft in seven man. Um, yeah, we practiced them in seven man. It was fun. Um, that was when I was actually like halfway decent at paintball. Not, not definitely not anymore. Um, and then when I went to college, I played at like a small field in uh, Quarryville called Shot, um, where actually like a bunch, of, a couple of people, like Robbie Griffith came out of Shot actually. Um, <laughs> yeah, me and Robbie used to go at it. 
on the field. Um, and then I went to Temple uh, for law school and I played on the team for like a year and a half. Um, first year I couldn't play because I had ankle surgery. Second year I played a full season. Third year um, I basically missed the entire season because of just commitments with school. And then I really you, haven't played. What? Did you also go away? You went away. You did that semester abroad or a year abroad. Yeah, I went to the University of Oxford for a semester, um, which was awesome. I mean, I, I went to class twice a week for one hour. So it was basically like a free schedule after that. Um, and then after that, I haven't played really competitively since. Like, yeah, I, I played a little bit with the DC Justice guys. I went to the tryout. wasn't really actually trying out, but I uh, played with them when they were around. But besides that, it's, it's really tough to play competitively consistently. Like I found as I've gotten older, like there's just more responsibilities. And I, I actually think it's like an issue with competitive paintball is you have to dedicate so much time to just playing at a field. Like you go, it takes me an hour to drive the field both ways. You got two hours there. And then you're waiting around for like three to four hours to play maybe an hour of paintball. Like that's a, that's a lot of time commitment when you have like a professional, like you have a job, you know, I have kids now. Um, I wish I really wish someone would just like develop something where we just chauffeur. I play a full solid hour and I can drive home. That make it so much easier time wise. Yeah. So I'm. I love the. Uh, I love y'all's background stories. Uh, I was also a product of NCPA. I actually started in college. I didn't start until 2015, but I was with the Texas Longhorns for a couple of years. Um, and. Yeah, it's just it's cool to learn all of like the different backgrounds and really like the histories of paintball around the US. Like I myself, even though I'm I've been in the scene for eight years, I mean that's only starting in twenty fifteen. That's there's still like a whole lot of history before then that me and even a lot of the newer players, they just have no idea about. So uh it's cool to learn all about y'all's history. Um so now like we've we've talked a little bit about like your the different teams that you've played under but how did you originally get into paintball for the first time kenneth let's start with you my aunt got me passes to wasn't boston paintball i want to say it was it wasn't fox four what's the other what's the other big field in massachusetts maynard but that's part of boston paintball because boston paintball has two different sets of fields maybe it was boston paint it was maynard i can't remember but that was the first field mm -hmm. i played at with my aunt got me tickets and then she bought me a gun it was a tipman 98 um which i then proceeded to hack up and customize to my own liking i fucked that gun up so badly i broke the sear multiple times trying to shave it down to get a like trigger pull um but yeah first time was uh i guess somewhere outside of boston and it was a blast i, I really enjoyed it well, how about you, Rob? Yeah, uh, the first time I ever played paintball was down at Hot Shots in Florida. I don't think that field exists anymore. Um, they had the Palm Beach Vipers were out of there for the longest time when they played like semi-pro and stuff and D1. Uh, they had like, I played with my dad, like it was like over like Christmas break um, doing like some rec ball. I mean, like I, I had like the whole like green, like, disposable suit that you get from there to 98 and that's where where i kind of fell in love with it cool cool uh so 
with how long both of y'all have been involved in the scene, uh, Ken, let's start with you. Um, what are some things that you have noticed about the paintball scene as a whole that has changed over the years? I mean, the speed of the guns has gotten a lot less. I used to play at Uncapped Semi, and I played 15 PPS at the USPA and the X-Ball. I did 13.3 when I was that was the standard, and I did 12.5 and then 10.5. And I have found that it's actually 10.5 is really boring. Like, I just don't find it that interesting. It feels so slow to me. Maybe because I don't play as consistently anymore, so every time I go out to the field, it's on 10.5. It just feels incredibly slow from what I'm, like, remembering as a kid. Um, the other thing is, like, the gear has gotten much more athletic looking. Like, when I started, it was super boxy, multiple colors. Now it's very, like, all streamlined and black. It, it's, it's like a double-edged sword. Like, it's kind of lost some of the creativity that was like distinguishing amongst the manufacturers now everyone kind of looks alike and i mean we're we're part of that too like we make black pants like that's that was kind of our bread and butter like that's our bread and butter and that's what we started making but everyone's doing black pants now it's just all black so i i that's one thing i've noticed like the gear much more athletic but also kind of all the same thing in a way sure rob how about you what are some things that you've noticed have kind of changed in paintball over the years um over over the years at least within the tournament scene i've noticed that the logistics of running tournaments have become more important because more people are now being involved um like ken and i in ncpa class a used to be two 10 minute halves with a penalty box and that would take about an hour and a half to two hours to play a match and now and PSB used to be like that. Um, old NXL was like that. USPA, I mean, USPA was two twenty-five minute halves. Um, but now it's the, yeah, which is a lot of fun. If you've never played halves or penalty box, it is a totally different experience. Um, it is a ton of fun. And if you talk to anybody that has played with a penalty box, there it's it's a whole different way of playing and how to manage penalties um, because they overlap across time because it's like a because it's like a hockey penalty. Mm. So now they've created a system where more teams can be playing on the le- on less amount of fields, which from a logistics standpoint makes it. I would like to say things smoother, but it just requires a lot less resources to to do it because i like for example world cup like if you're still playing like actual x-ball matches they would probably need i would say at least another three or four fields and they're already running like six or seven in the divisional fields um but yeah so i think that was that was a big thing um that i've noticed over time definitely the style of gear to Ken's point, is now more athletic and more streamlined. It's definitely taken off of a lot of like streetwear uh, with the joggers and everything. Um, and I would definitely say that athleticism within the sport is becoming more and more important um, just because people are treating this more and more like a sport than how it used to be. Um, like the 
a lot of people would say some of the greats like Chris Lasoya, Dave Baines, like some of these guys, I mean, they don't, they didn't move super fast, but they lived behind their gun and like it worked at that time. It's questionable to see if it would still work at this time mm. with how quickly games move and progress. Um, I mean, look at the dynasty guys. They're, they're getting up there in age, but they've kept themselves in great physical shape so that they can adapt over time. Got it. Uh, to Ken's point, um, last episode I had Ryan Brand on, and then a couple episodes before that I had Archie, who uh, they're both the owners of Project Paintball. And one of the things that we talked about was how this, how the trend of paintball from like mid 2010s up until about 2019, 2020 was like black on black. And <clears throat> to me, it was really boring. Um, I mean, part of it, I think was like the whole like team gear package thing. Like I know if you're, if you're going with a GI or a JT package, your pants are all black, your mask is black, uh, your gun and your hopper all black, which is boring, but, uh, from like a, a manufacturer's side of things, I mean, it makes sense to cut costs in that way, but it's cool to see like more of these like headband companies uh, that are coming out and even like the resurgence of the whole like, you know, JT Proflex market where guys are starting to, you know, show that personal flair more and more. So it's yeah, the the black is. eh, I mean, it's not as not as personal flair as you would think for a game that's literally called paintball. Uh, but uh but you know, uh, I think I think the the personal touches are starting to come back in other ways, which is really cool. Uh, so, uh, this next question, which is brought to us by Hustletown Paintball, uh, head to hustletownpaintball.net, use code PIT10 for 10% off of your order. So, I know both of you guys are really more focused as a uh, like more on the industry side of things and Rob, you on the media side, um, have both of you, like have either of you been able to get out and play events every now and then? Or are you pretty much just focused on that side of the scene for now? So I play, I try to play at least one event a year. Um, NXL, NXLs, I'm working, um, doing media <coughs> and that actually allows me to go to more events across the year. Um, and Excels are expensive. Mostly, mm -hmm. most of the time you gotta fly and then it's like pay for paint. Entry is super expensive. So doing the media side of things and actually I was part of one of the, one of the group of people that started the media gang, which is like me, George Fava, uh, all in media, Bryce Diaz, Stretch, uh, Nina from overseas, Aztec photography, Banger. Bangering photography, duo venture, uh, a lot of heavy hitters within uh, the media space. So that keeps me there. And then I, I'll work some of the local events. And then every now and then I'll I try to I try to play one, usually like D4. I mean, I, this past year, like I played a D5 event just because it's easy. Um, it's tough for me to play events because I'm most people want somebody that's like you're going to commit to a team for the full season and that's something that i realistically haven't been able to do um but i i have been playing i play on the weekends shout out battle creek paintball um one of the best places in new jersey to play um same thing with quick shot the whole tsxl crew uh jonathan Rowland and his guys 
Um, they run a really great league. So been trying to, I try to get out when I can. Yeah. For the whole like media gang, like there's, I feel like there's so many more like, like photographers and videographers that are out there and not just them, but you know, uh, people that are doing podcasts, doing things like their own paintings of uh, people in paintball, which one of those guys got nominated uh, for the iconic awards this year. Um, and like, even here in Texas, I mean, the, the main guy that we have is verbal uh, Brian Wolf, who's been like, he didn't even start videography until like April of this year. And so like he's blown up. And so it's like cool that this, that there was clearly a need for this kind of thing within our scene and that all of these different guys are like, they're filling that need and they're getting rewarded for it because there was clearly like, I mean, paintball is really cool if you can get like those certain clips and just the right angle. And it's going to, be i think a pivotal part in or maybe already has been a pivotal part in growing the player base growing the audience like the general audience viewership for paintball so uh ken how about you are you getting around to playing much nowadays or are you pretty much just focus on the business side try to get out like once a year unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> uh, i go down to smp so shout out smp when i have a chance to get out and play but it's like once a year maybe twice um last event i played was what rob 2019 Philly NXL 10 man 10 man yes mm, yeah. yes yeah and I ended on getting a major so it was good <laughs> <laughs> uh, you hate to um, see it I earned it <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'd love to play more honestly I miss it mm. I, I really think about playing a lot but I just I'm trying to find the time and if, once I can once I'm able to like, I'll definitely be out there more Got it. So, um, I mean, what you both have been doing in the meantime is still very much like heavily involved in the scene. So both of you have founded Kinetic Paintball, which is a brand that, uh, at least originally I had heard of as one that like made custom, like tailored pants, uh, which were very high quality and had the reputation of lasting multiple seasons with no rips, tears, anything like that. So y'all go ahead and tell me how the, uh, how the business kinetic paintball got started. (laughs) Uh, yeah. So I basically, I had a pair of empire contact zeros, I think like 2015s, which I love those pants, by the way, I thought they were the best pants until I made the kinetic pants. Um, but I got fed up with their, they're too heavy, too much padding. They didn't breathe super well and they had like no stretch fabric in them. Like there's just a couple places where they stretch and then the rest was just really baggy. So you could still move in them. So I did some research. I ended up stealing my mom's like sewing machine from the 1960s and putting together a pair of pants. And I had this like great big unveiling. I'm like, all right, I'm going to wear these pants to the field. Rob was there. It was like some temple day. And they were like high waters on me, like basically capris. Like they didn't even come close to fitting me. And so, but they fit Rob perfectly. Right. So I gave them to Rob. Uh, he loved them. We kind of said, hey, actually, maybe we can make a business out of that. And then started the long journey of like trying to get it manufactured, trying to raise money on Kickstarter um, to get it going. I mean, it's been, it's definitely been a process, learned a lot, but I can't believe like, where we started and where we are now 
it, it's pretty wild to think that was what seven years ago almost six years yeah. six years ago be six yeah. years this year so when y'all started were um like how long were y'all just like making the the pants in-house before you were able to like progress to finding a manufacturer actually years there's two years of design work yeah so we so we actually never made pants in-house we made (laughs) prototypes and samples in-house um because it did take us yeah about two years to finalize what we wanted um and then going and then that's when we started raising money to go into to the manufacturing process so and well when we first started it was really small batch orders and that's kind of how you've heard about like the custom tailoring is that um our we would have standard sizes and that we would do the hemming uh for the length in-house um like it wasn't until more recently that we transitioned the business to that the the hemming or the bottoms of the pants would be done on the consumer end and we've empowered our our customers to be able to do it because it's actually surprisingly very easy um and really i mean i've had guys come up to me it's like yeah i had my girlfriend or like my grandmother like do this uh, going to like a local tailor or seamstress it's like five or ten dollars to get it done got it uh so now that you've been doing pants for so long like how have you noticed like the the response from uh the paintball scene as a whole or the community like what uh what kind of response are you seeing uh how many uh pairs of pants would you say that you're uh that you're selling on like a let's say like a yearly basis so we we get a we get a great response um from people especially being a small company and being a like price point there's there's a lot of doubt in the beginning um especially when we first came out people would just look at us as like it just looks like regular like black pants and that was kind of the point of it is that we make a product that it's a quality product and it's performance product so you really don't understand how good it is until you try it so that's why over the past since we started we've always tried to go out to fields and do demo days and because we, we we put that much trust in the product, um, and more recently, we especially yeah definitely more recently we've definitely blown up a lot. I mean we've had over the years looks from pro players telling friends and family to check us out. Um, we've had a team, probably a couple teams now, buy our pants just to wear them in practice. And then they have wear the sponsors' pants um, because it gets them a paint deal at events. Mm-hmm. Uh, our internal mantra is the gear that players want to wear when their sponsors aren't looking. Um, because we've made a name for ourselves in making a high-quality product. Um, as in terms of units, I mean, last year was our biggest year, and we did about 600 units. Um, and last year was the first year that we've actually ever been in a retail store shout out matrix gear paintball on the west coast um paul has been super insightful on the retail end and we can't thank him enough about it and this year i mean we're hoping to do the same volume hopefully hopefully to do more and we're looking to get more integrated with a couple leagues across the country to help promote us well so this kind of leads me into my next question actually so what are some goals that 
you guys have had for Kinetic, either ones that you have already achieved or ones that you are working towards? Um, so goals that we wanted in the beginning. Uh, one, we just wanted to be profitable. <laughs> just, just, to, just to start. Uh, I mean, like any business wants to be profitable, um, especially manufacturing. Like Manufacturing is expensive. Um, and especially with some of the fabrics that we use. I mean, we... <laughs> We actually had one of our manufacturers, and he was actually inside the industry. I'm just not going to go into names right now. When we sent him our fabric, he was overly impressed by the fabric that we sent him, and basically said, "Just like there are ways to make your product a little bit more cost efficient, um, so that you could get bigger margins." Like that's that's not the goal for us. Our goal as a company is to innovate and push the envelope. We want to be the company where that we. Are the pinnacle of paintball in terms of making gear whenever you whenever you hear kinetic it's we know people are going to say is like yeah they make good stuff it's expensive but like you make you make good stuff i mean companies that are similar to that are like arcteryx which is in like mountain gear and snow gear not a lot of people that know that know about them i would say in the general basis but like if you're into snow sports or like any uh, like mountain climbing things, they're at the top of the list. Um, if you buy their gear, like you know it's going to be good for forever. So that's what we want to do, um, especially since um, this is Ken and I's business on the side. We both have jobs outside of paintball as well. So this is very much a passion point of like, how do we make changes within the industry by showcasing that these are things that should be done? Um, I mean, looking at our pants, like at the time, this was 2016, things were still pretty baggy. Logos were all over the place on gear. And over, I would say about a year and a half, two years later, people started making slimmer cut pants or making joggers because people were confusing our pants as joggers. Um, and now you see almost every company making some type of jogger. So we definitely feel internally that we are trendsetters in some sort of capacity. And that's what, that's what we try to do. Got it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. I was say, like, ask. It's the sorry. goal of our company is kind of make cool shit. Like mm -hmm. I, like I'm not going to, we're not going to put out a product unless we think it's a significant, like improvement over what's existing. And like, I know like a lot of people probably look at our pants and think it's just a simple pair of black pants. It's got three panels four five panels on it on a waistband that took like our kps took like a year and a half of development because we were trying to, to figure out where did, i was trying to figure out exactly where do i place this seam what type of seam do i use here what kind of fabric do i use and it took a lot of time to get that design right and like we're still like there's probably still improvements we can make like i always have a list like on my computer like okay this is the thing that i want to knock off on the next version whenever we get there but it's like I think what we've done is we've shown that simplicity actually makes a better product. Like the, lo the less panels you have on a pair of pants, the less rips you have, the less seams you have, the more stretch you can get out of the fabrics you use. So like we don't have to use crazy spandex fabrics like other companies do to get like decent movement. Like we have like 25% stretch in our pants because it's the panels are structured in such a way that you get the most out of the fabric that we're using and then we get the most durability from that fabric because we're not having to use again like the spandex knits that are 
more susceptible to rips and tears. We can use span. We can use stretch woven fabrics that still give you the same kind of performance. Got it. And I know, Rob, one of the things that you brought up was that at first the reputation was like, yeah, it's, it was a high price at the time, but it was also a very high quality product. And at, at the time when the KPs first came out, it was a high price point for the time for, for the products in the market that were being released. But what you're seeing now, your pants are actually pretty much in the same price range as a lot of other major manufacturers. Like uh, I know the JT pro joggers, they're only like 10 or $15 cheaper than the KPs carbon pants are the same price. If not, slightly more expensive same thing for the hk uh trk joggers and so in some cases like you're on price point or even slightly cheaper so what are some things that you guys have done with your kps to make sure that not only are they competitive you know market-wise price point but they're also a quality product that can survive on the field yeah, you want me to take this, Robert, and take it? Yeah, go right, go right ahead, because I already know what you're going to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, as I just mentioned, it, it gets down to, like, seam placement. It gets down to the quality of the fabrics. Um, and that, that took a while to develop, um, especially when we moved production from, like, our... We, we actually have completely different manufacturers than when we first started, and we went through, like, I must know, like, 20, 30 samples of, like, just the upper body of the pants. To figure out what is the best kind of like stretch, what's going to give the most durability. I'd like sit there with like sandpaper and scratch the the fabric to see how much it like pilled to see kind of get a sense of like how much abrasion resistance it could take. So it, it just again it really comes down to like simplicity of design and like quality fabrics. And if you have those two things, you'll make a good pair of pants. And then it gets down to breathability. Like one another thing is like breathability with us is we don't use any coated fabrics. A lot of companies when they buy like 500D nylon, that's luggage weight fabric. So it typically is coated because it's used in bags and backpacks. But that urethane coating is waterproof. It doesn't allow any air to pass through it. So it's super hot, super uncomfortable. And that's why people, when they put our pants on, like we don't use coated fabrics. Like we get it specially made without the coating. And they're like, wow, this breathes so much better. I'm like, yeah, because you're not wearing like solid plastic between your knees. Got it. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff like in the I guess the the mechanics and the details of just making fa making pants. I mean, there's definitely a lot that goes into it, especially when you're trying to make a product that is like a very specialized product for what the paintball market is, but also like m meeting and exceeding the expectations of the players that are going to, you know, absolutely beat it to hell. So, um, my, I guess my next question for you on these pants, I know it wasn't on the, the list that I sent you guys, but, uh, do you have other improvements? Like I, I know you said, like you have a whole list of things that you're always working on, but do you have any other things like in the near future, I guess that you would say like, could be like on the next version of KPs? Probably not. I mean it's these improvements are more um they're not like durability improvements per se they're just more performance improvements that um are more in my head rather than actually like on a pair of pants right now so not for a little while but you know eventually you know we have 
we have some time with the KPS before we're going to change it to the next version. So it, this will probably a little bit a little ways off. Got it. Uh, so real quick for everybody that's in the chat, I want to welcome y'all. Uh, if you have a question that you want to ask Ken or Rob, uh, go ahead and get it in the chat. We will have a segment for that towards the end of the episode. Uh, another question that I have for you guys, I realize I haven't asked you this yet, is for both of you, what are your roles with Kinetic? Like, What are your job titles, essentially? Okay. Yeah. Um, so we really made the division of labor on, uh, as like the front end versus the back end. Um, Ken handling all of the back end, all of our R and D work, talking to manufacturers, uh, sourcing fabrics and everything, um, and kind of doing a lot with like our financials and our books. While on the front end is me going into the marketplace, sales, marketing, um, and that's why like why I took the role of media is because it allows me to go connect with as many players as possible, especially on the national level. Actually, Ken came with me to World Cup last year for the first time. It was actually his first World Cup ever. He was kind of shocked at how many people I knew just because for the past couple of years, I've been trying to go to every single NXL. So having a presence and especially being a guy with a camera, it makes it very easy to go talk to people because usually people want pictures. Um, I mean, now it's switching over to video and I don't really do video, but it's always handy to be friends with a media guy. Mm. Got it. Sweet. So, um, one of the new products that you guys have been working on and you just recently released is called the KMP or the kinetic modular pack. So tell me more about this new product. Start You got it. You got it. This is your baby. <laughs> yeah, uh, I started playing around with pack designs like in 2017, um, just trying to make them more comfortable, make them bounce less. Uh, with the KMP, we kind of had three goals. There was like getting it to bounce less. I wanted a really thin belt because I really don't like how thick um, paintball belts are. They like, feel like girdles. And then I wanted to be able to replace parts because when, you, when it's like elastic, like you're never going to buy elastic that can last forever it's going to wear out within a year and then you're ending up having to buy like a new pack within like another hundred dollars so we wanted to like be able to just like simply replace out the parts that were out and make that like super easy for uh the consumer on on the belt side as i mentioned i want to be a super thin belt which was really a challenge like if you notice like a lot of like the packs now like the, it's moving toward like having three belts that are about four to five inches thick kind of prevent it from rocking or like uh say like four belts now i think hk has four belts like we we didn't want to go that direction because it just adds layers and again makes the the girdle sensation even more so we developed a uh, a belt which we actually just filed for our patent uh two days ago which i'm pretty excited about um where we've like strategically placed the elastic in certain locations and then made the rest of the belt non-stretch. So it will only stretch in certain ways, but won't stretch in ways that will cause the pack to bounce uh, like excessively. Um, and then what was the last thing I said? Oh, um, one thing I like the modularity too. I know we talked about like headband creators at the beginning. I, I kind of hope that this pack can, can become like an impetus for people to create parts for it. Um, there's like a huge community in the, the nylon tactical market of small shops producing gear for like ballistic vests or 
um, magazine holsters. And I kind of hope that, that we can bring that to the paintball community too. And people can take our, like our base layer, our base pack and like design their own parts for it to make it what they want. Yeah. It's kind of brings back that, um, like the old like shocker and autococker community where people would kind of buy that base model and then customize it however they wanted to. Um, that kind of fell off as electronic markers came. I, I would like to call it more standardized, but it was just more restrictive of customization of, outside of like laser engraving or getting something anode. I know that like Twister does their like own custom milling and stuff, but it's definitely not what it used to be. Yeah, I mean, there used to be a whole community of like parts for your gun. Like you could get a new different kind of bolt for any gun you wanted and people would create it. Like even like for Egos, like 05 Ego, I had like a separate bolt from another company. It was like really cool. And it was like this whole separate industry, like outside of just like the big manufacturers. And I, I hope that with our product, that can kind of be encouraged again. And someone would be like, you know, I, I don't think Kinetic designed the pods correctly. I'm going to redesign it and put my own flair to it. Uh, I'm actually, we're actually eventually going to like release part of like the CAD for the design. So like people can take that pattern, like just the base pattern, not like the whole thing where they can take the base pattern so it will fit perfectly into our pod pack. That's a very interesting approach. Like you hear a lot about these companies that are making the, like uh, like for the EMEC, there's um, a whole slew of different companies that are making custom bodies, custom triggers, uh, things like that for for this platform. But you you wouldn't you I don't think you've ever seen it for a pod pack specifically. And having that modular design is is a very interesting concept to me. So did you feel like uh, an, another thing with it being modular, your, your ability to replace parts as they wear out, um, you also adjust things like having a strapped pack versus a strapless pack or even the, you know, the number of loops that you have. So was that something that you felt was a need for the player base? I think so because everyone has preferences. Um, some people like the, the comfort of straps to hold their pods tight, and some people don't feel like they need them or want to take the risk of a pod opening up. So with our pack, like you can have straps or you don't want to have straps. And like the beauty of the design, um, I'm not sure how like familiar with ballistic vest designs, but it's like a it's basically a giant placard mm. with like a huge and all velcros down. So you can put stuff like in between the placard, you can add parts to it, and you can change out the pod. Like, have different layers of pods if you want to design that for yourselves. And you can add straps really easily because just lift up the Velcro, Velcro in between, and you have straps on your pack. It's, it's a super flexible design. Um, and I think it has a lot of potential that I hope people take advantage of beyond what we, what we have thought of. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. So um, I guess another question that I have, do you, do you like, Think like what would your long term goal as far as uh, this product's release for the community as a whole? Do you think it'll also be a trend center like like the KPs were at the time? Yeah, I think so. Um, it's I mean it's tough because like our our design hopefully will get its patent, so it's I mean it has will hopefully have the IP protection attached to it. Um, it's a unique design, but I hope. 
forces people or not forces but um makes people rethink about how to design a pack because you know we mentioned earlier what companies have done to reduce the balancing of pack is they've added extra straps they've increased the amount of elastic on the packs and that that's a fine way to go like that i think it works clearly like the infamous pack doesn't bounce the new hk pack doesn't really seem to bounce but there's only so much you can get out of elastic it's not it's not really a good fabric for load-bearing applications you don't see any backpack straps made exclusively with elastic because they'll stretch out and bounce around so why are we doing that for packs like there's definitely better ways to do it um and that's what we're trying to take it to the next level with this pack like we're trying to move away from just relying on elastic to keep 10 to 12 pounds on your back it's just not going to work for the duration of like a full season like that elastic will wear out got it i mean i i love the approach it's definitely a new way of thinking about things like uh, packs isn't really something that a lot of people think about too much. They mostly just go like, Oh, you know, I'll just wear either whatever I have or whatever, um, my sponsor provides and, uh, either that or just pick, like, I know with carbon, one thing that they're doing is they have like the cushions that go in the pack, either with the, the air pump or the actual pillow, which I thought was a really cool innovation, but seeing more, like more ways to do this this thing that's been done for a very long time just just new innovations is very cool to see so for anybody that's listening out there um if they wanted to become more involved with kinetics products if they wanted to like just buy the packs or the pants or maybe even wanted to do like some sort of package deal uh how how can they and what programs or discounts do you offer for players or entire teams so we do do team orders. Uh, we do do sponsorships. Um, I'm gonna shout out a bunch of people here. If depending on the type, depending on the area that you're in, uh, we do have reps out there. Um, Jake Kennedy, out in Texas, um, he's been a huge supporter of us since probably when I'd like to say when we first started going with our original run. Um. Jesse Villa, God, I'm gonna. I know I'm gonna pronounce his last name wrong. It's like Villagos, out on the West Coast. Um, Matt Furman down in Florida. Uh, I'm on the East Coast, and then I'm really traveling wherever, um, going to as many NXLs as possible, and trying to get up to some other leagues. Like I'd love to. We're hoping to be at Bunker Fest this year, potentially with a booth. Um, nothing's confirmed there. Like I'd love to be at WCPPL uh, where Jesse is, as well as where Matrix Gear is. They vend at that series. Um, and honestly, like we are trying to have more of a presence within like upper upper divisional teams. Where it, it, I feel like every manufacturer wants that. You want to have a pro team. You want to have as many upper divisional teams. But it's it's really interesting to see that there are teams coming to us um, that are kind of like we're they figured out a way to financially secure themselves for their season outside of going with like um, another manufacturer so that they can prioritize. I want high quality performance gear Um, and really any team or player that wears our gear, they are huge advocates for us across the board. I think there's been only a handful of people across the six years that we've been in business 
that have like actually not liked our products. And usually for the most part, it's really a fit that they're not comfortable with. We, we make, we started the tapered like slim cut um, look and just not a lot. Some people don't want that. They want more of a street cut or they want like a baggier fit. And like everybody, everybody has their own personal opinion and preference. And like, that's totally fine. Um, but I, I think that, and you can go across the, the buy, sell trade threads. Um, we, it's crazy to see. And especially now that we've been in doing this for so long, and especially in the beginning that people will post up as like, looking to buy a pair of pants, like what are people's recommendations? And there's so many people that post kinetic, um, especially being a small company and really just being like a two man army. Like it's huge to hear such a, like an outcry of like, but like, this is the brand that you want. If you want quality, um, mm-hmm. especially since there's no, so many other brands there that having quality and performance being succinct with our brand it, it really hits home to like what we are trying to do yeah um i'm um, also shout out to jake kennedy he's the one that actually uh got rob and ken in contact with me to get on the show i uh, i know that y'all do have a couple of these higher divisional players like i know you have a few brawl players or at least you have had them for a while uh in division three i know jake's team the uh they used to be called caprock calvary now they're the swag jackers um i i know his group wears them but i know you have had a few like upper divisional guys i don't know about any pro teams just because of how like the whole i guess politics situation is with manufacturers and their pro teams um but i know that like i see the same thing on the buy sell trade pages where it's you know the high the high quality product and anybody who's not tied to manufacturers either for paint deals or whatever at these at the nxl events uh they're coming to you guys and that's really cool to see so um my last question for you about this is uh, brought to you by FU Athletics. So go to thefuathletics.com. Use code in the pits twenty five for twenty five percent off of your order. So does Kinetic have any other things in store for the future? Yes. So we are working on a jersey that's probably going to be our next product that we're hoping to release this year. Really, probably um, we're probably going to release an early version. Um, probably soon hopefully and then really like our tier version is gonna be on probably midway through the year um and the reason why biggest reason why that we want to do a jersey is because now we'll be like a full outerwear company other than other than a mask but um what we've seen what we'll call is what we would call is wrong in the industry is that a lot of the pattern making for jerseys is it's based off of like a hockey jersey, which isn't made for being in like the gun up position. So we're taking a lot of ideas from like special missions gear, um, as well as like any um, like shooting companies and stuff that make tops and stuff to really start bringing in those ideas and those like techniques and bring it into paintball because what we've seen a lot is that a lot of these techniques and fabrics um how garments are made 
there are so many good ideas outside of paintball that just aren't being used. And we're trying to be the force that brings it in so that, like I said before, that kind of encourages other manufacturers to now push the envelope. Players are going to see it's like, oh, wow, this company's doing it. Why aren't all these other companies doing, doing this? Um, and really kind of making that outcry of saying, like, we want better gear. This is our sport. And, like, especially with big manufacturers, like, they have the ability. They definitely have the ability to do it. It's like, why won't they do it? Got it. I mean, I can tell just from our conversation this evening that y'all really think about these things on like a like more practical level. It's not just about um, like doing things for profit margins or uh, anything like that. It's like physically thinking about the player's experience uh, with like mechanics, like where the fabric stretches or, um, <clears throat> you know, like with the jersey thing, like how how does it actually look instead of just going with like oh hockey jerseys look good let's go with that um no like physically thinking about all the different player experiences is really cool so i i think that uh with you know with these products that you have out now and uh any other things that you come up with in the future it's really going to uh, change how the industry thinks about things for the better so uh, i'm excited to see uh you know what y'all are up to in the near future. So uh, real quick, everybody in the chat, uh, we've got uh, one more question before we're going to get to chat questions. So if you have something you want to ask Ken or Rob, go ahead, get it in now. So uh, this question is brought to us by Get That Shot, who's another NXL Pro Media guy. Uh, message him on Facebook or Instagram for media coverage at BunkerFest or NXL. He's going to be at the full series for both of them. So are there any teams players brands or projects that have caught your attention lately so who out there deserves more recognition for what they're doing yeah um really the brands that we've worked with um sunday certified out on the west coast he makes he hand makes all his headbands they're super high quality i mean i have a couple friends that own a couple that own a couple bands and they love them he makes awesome stuff and just i love his brand as a, as a whole and then by uh, by me on the East Coast in New Jersey is Enemy of the State. They, I mean, it's a bunch of guys making some pretty cool gear. I mean, it's really, it's it's a combination of streetwear meets paintball. Um, and it really gives that like New York, like Brooklyn Bronx vibe. And I love to see that they're doing all these limited drops and they've been growing a ton and they're i mean really they have like a cult following it's wild and i mean they've just been putting out top tier gear i think they they just had trials for factory teams um d3 through d5 or trials are happening soon but especially one of those guys his name is robert panarello um he's done a lot of stuff for autism like within paintball. So, I mean, they are great guys over there. I mean, I, I can't shout them out enough. Yeah, I'd also add King's Creation to that list down for and He makes great bands. I, I just I love the headband community because they take the process from like dyeing the fabric to sewing it, putting the, the headband together. And I just It's how like we started with the pants, like taking like raw fabric turning it into a product and i just it's just really great to see and i, I hope 
as I, we talked about earlier, like more companies come into the fold and start doing that. Yeah, there's a lot more companies lately that have uh, come in and started doing like these these smaller things like headbands, um, things like tank dangle, uh, enjoy paintball. Like there's there's a lot more uh, casual wear, uh, street wear, things like that. It's really cool to see. Um, so let's see. I doesn't look like we have any questions in the chat. It's just a lot of people giving a whole lot of love to uh, your gear. Um, uh, you know, best paintball pants in the game. Uh, one, uh, one person in the chat says they got their KPs at matrix, uh, which is really cool to see. Um, I, I guess one question that I have for you, I know that you've, you have two like retailers that you sell your products at. Do you have any plans to either expand that to maybe more retailers or, um, have maybe like a, a presence at more events like NXL. Like, do you, I know you said you were possibly thinking of getting a booth at Bunkerfest. Would you also consider doing that at at the NXL events? So this is something that we would love to, um, and it really comes down to for us time and money. Um, like I said before, both Ken and I, we we work jobs outside of paintball. Actually, fun fact: Ken is a lawyer. He's definitely way smarter than I am. <laughs> um, but I mean, we. We started the company with $8,000 and then we kickstarted $7,000. So we started like really, really small, um, especially like in manufacturing terms, like that's basically nothing. Um, we've heard of other like, well, no manufacturers starting their business with like 80 grand. So as much as we want to go out to these events, like it costs a lot to go to NXL, especially NXL, there's a booth fee. Bunker Fest, Chris Rangel, I'm super excited for the series to uh, to be happening this year. Like, there are no vendor fees there, which is great to see, which will bring out, hopefully, as many vendors as possible. I know of one or two other vendors out on the East Coast that they're willing to travel to Bunker Fest because there's no vendor fees. Um, and we've kind of taken, at least for the past couple of years, the gorilla approach instead of having a booth in a centralized location especially since we've only had one pants to just go out and talk to people at world cup. Ken and I both each had a duffel bag of pants and, and a couple packs. We, there were only samples at the time and just walking around the pits, just handing them out to people. Just be like, this is who we are. We make awesome stuff. Like go play a match in it. Like never heard of us. Like try it out. Like we, we let our product speak for itself and we, we have more than enough belief that you're going to like it. So that's kind of how we, we've been going out to it. So, I mean, you'll definitely at least see me out at events, but at a booth, maybe, maybe not just because of the cost mm -hmm. of it. Got it. Well, uh, I hope as you know, your products gain more popularity that, uh, you're able to do that more and more. And hopefully that trajectory, uh, really picks up because I know, uh, at least from what I've heard from your products, it's definitely deserving of it. Uh, so we got one question in the chat that just came up. Uh, the question is when you design pants, do you guys at any point, uh, <clears throat> design it with, uh, the female paintball player in mind? So thinking about, uh, waist to hip ratios in the design, uh, she says, or, or this viewer, this, uh, they say that finding pants that fit right is difficult, but there's not that many female players. So it's understandable that these products are mainly designed for male players. Yeah, she 
kind of hit the nail on the head. It's just such a small market. It's tough to raid to females. Like when you design pants, there's different gradings. So males have a different grade. And this grading is the sizing. Like when you different grades, it's different sizes. Um, and they vary between men and women. It's really tough to create a product, especially when we don't produce that much. Like we're not producing tens of thousands of pieces of gear every year. Our margins are not like what the big manufacturers do. So we kind of have to like really be kind of ruthless in what we focus on. Um, and focus primarily on like the male physique, I guess, and designing pants. Uh, that being said, like our pants are super adjustable. So if you're looking for, uh, if you need to size up, because you have like wider hips, you can wear an XL easily because the belt is so adjustable that it's can cinch down. Like there's a video on our Instagram. I'm like a 32. I'm wearing a 38 in the, the video because I was able to get the belt tight enough with how adjustable our waist is. So it, it can be done. It's just, yeah, we can't design like specifically to both genders. Well, it sounds like just in your design that uh, you're able to like kind of cater towards a lot of, a lot of different people out there, you know, varying sizes and ratios and whatnot. I mean, having, uh, and your pants are kind of in a sense modular in that sense as well with the, with the belt being uh, designed, how it is that you can, adjust the size in that area. So that's cool to see. So y'all, thank you so much for your time. This last question is brought to you by compete, which is uh gel Stewart's uh, brand uh, message them on Facebook or Instagram message or mention in the pits for 10% off of your order of any soft goods. So uh, do you guys have any last shout outs or things you'd like to say before we sign off? Yeah, I got one um, shout out Jake Kennedy. Um, if you want to get a pair of KPS or the KMP uh, for 10% off, use code Jake 10. That's J-A-K-E 10. Um, just put it in a checkout and you can get 10% off your order. Yeah. Um, and honestly, shout out all, all the people that believed in us and the people that have moved away from our brand because of sponsorship requirements but that will still gas us up. Um, I'll, I'll give a great example. Uh, I, lo- I love her to death. WNXL, my pro star, Jen Folk. Like, her and her husband, I'm great friends with them now. She's been a huge supporter from the start. Love what she's doing with the heroines, and I understand that she has sponsor- sponsorship stuff with JT, and I wish her nothing but the best. But she also says nothing but the best about, about us. I mean, her and her husband probably have bought about six or seven pairs of pants from us. Um... But really, anybody that anybody that supports us is, is a huge deal to us because this is this is very much a passion project for Ken and I, um, and we just we want people to be happy with the gear that they buy, and not just I'm buying gear because I want cheaper paint or like whatever other reason that a lot of people buy gear for. It's buying gear for like this is what I want, and it's not for something else. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. Shout out to all them. Um, it's yeah, it's, in, it's an interesting problem that, uh, well, I, I don't know about pro- problem is the right word, but it's an interesting landscape that we have in the, in the, uh, scene currently where so much, so much of it is tied to cheaper paint on events. And that that's basically what it boils down to. Um, 
I would love to see um, a a landscape where um, more often you you would be able to see like just hey just wear whatever you think is the highest quality whatever you think is going to give you the best chance to win. Uh, hopefully we move towards that and uh, yeah I'm excited to see the uh, kinetic products uh, gain more popularity uh, in the in the coming days and months and years so y'all uh, everybody in the chat thank you so much for tuning in be sure to go follow kinetic that's at kinetic paintball on Instagram and then of course Rob and Ken uh, they have their Instagram handles here on screen uh, what other guests would y'all like to see on the show be sure to leave a comment down below and while you're at it hit that subscribe button the show goes live weekly here on twitch.tv slash in the pits paintball podcast and recordings are posted to YouTube, Amazon, Apple podcasts, and Spotify the next day. I want to give a quick shout out to my partners and sponsors, FU Athletics, Get That Shot, Paintball Kumite, Compete, and Hustle Town Paintball. We will see you guys next week for episode 32, where we will have Daniel Gomez, who's a professor for the Texas A&M Kinesiology Department, and he actually teaches a paintball class at Texas A&M. So uh, oh, I'm looking yeah, I'm looking forward to this episode next week. So, uh, guys, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you.